it to you always. always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? From section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good. Doesn't watching that opening intro video uh make you miss going to the games it makes me it makes me miss going to the games so much uh i edited it last week now if you don't know we started last week going live on twitter and facebook again on monday or tuesday nights or whenever we record anyway so on there there's an intro video now that goes with our theme song if you remember matt when we made that intro video it's like two minutes long so i kind of chopped it up to get it down to the 30 seconds of our current song because I didn't want to go back to a long intro. Right. I also tried to edit Bert out of the mix. Mm. So no solo shots on Bert. Yeah. Should have like put a, some kind of face over his face. Uh, right. Like I like those. Yeah. Like those memes with the like, like put the Oriole bird over his face or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But, but we're on, you can watch us live on Facebook and Twitter, but not on TikTok because we don't support China. Right, right. We're, I don't think, yeah, I won't say anything else. No, we're not on TikTok, but we're on uh, Triller. Oh, are we? No, we're not. Oh, we, am I supposed we're, to know what that means? Triller is like the TikTok, like, uh, I, I think it might be an American made, but it's like the TikTok knockoff, but it's some uh, random company. Who's really hoping that TikTok gets banned so yeah, they can take over. But yeah. I don't really think it matters because Instagram has their own thing. So you would think Instagram would take over, but I don't know. And hey, but hey, we're on Snapchat. All right, there you go. If are people still on Snapchat? I forgot that Snapchat was a thing until you just said it. All right, I am forty years old. We are on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah, because I tr- those are the three things that I know. Anything yeah. else is beneath me. Yeah, and if you want to, uh, uh, you know, get hooked up with us and our show, follow us on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn, I am on LinkedIn <laughs> for business. I Are you? I have show stuff on there. Yes. I've, I, I, w- I guess about five years ago, I was invited a hundred times to everybody else. And I never, I never joined. I never got into you know, LinkedIn. I think I got my, I may have gotten my current job through LinkedIn. Oh, really? I was going to say, was there any, have you gotten any contacts from your actual LinkedIn or I any have, connections? I have headhunters that call me once in a while. And I don't know how they get my info, except that I've been the indus- in the industry for uh, like 20 years in the same industry. Yeah. So I got this Florida job through a headhunter. And I wonder if he found me through LinkedIn. I'm not sure. And I got my last job also through a headhunter. I I haven't looked out. I haven't gone and applied and looked for a job in a long time. They come to me. Mm. Apparently, I'm pretty good at what I do. They just come to me. Well, you're fortunate because I'm about to, October for me is resume writing season again. And so I'm going to send applications out to a whole bunch of places because no one's knocking on my door. Got to go out there and get it. Uh, well, yeah, and that's I like that you save it for October. That way you can do all your interviews in costume. Exactly, exactly. 
Uh, but I'll tell you what, Josh, we're talking uh, technology here, and I apologize that I wasn't able to do the show yesterday. And I'm just, I'm now, and it's, it's going to affect the show because I'm, I'm pumped about the Orioles and pumped about the Ravens, but I'm just generally pissed off about life right now, and specifically technology. There was about 10 times in the past two days where I thought about just leaving the wife and kids and flying back to Tanzania and living in a rural village again for the rest of my life because <laughs> I'm so done. Between, between my computer issues and like teaching at virtu- doing virtual school and just I, my entire day is consumed by answering. I mean, you would think these kids would know how to use a computer, but all of a sudden, right. if it's if it's for school, they, they 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 don't know where the power button is. I was like, dude, come on! So my day is spent consumed answering dumb emails you know, for, for complaining kids, and then I have my own computer issues yesterday that we weren't able to the show. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm having a rough time with technology. You know, I, I'm I like I've heard a lot of people complain about. Um, Schoology and Google Classroom and all the other ones out there that that schools are using. Yeah, and I think the way you got to get to these kids is you need to teach in Fortnite. Mm. I see they're doing concerts and everything in Fortnite now, and movie trailer releases in Fortnite. It's time for a Fortnite classroom. Yeah, I know you have kids who can you know live stream on on, on you know Fortnite and and go on Twitch and do all that stuff. But they can't log on to a Google Meet. Like what? What? What is that? It doesn't make any sense. It's clearly it's kids. It's the motivation of kids. Yeah. Because these same kids that cannot figure out how Zoom works for your classroom will find this podcast on the internet and make fun of you. Oh, absolutely, they will. That's why I got to be careful what I say on here. I'm not going to use any specific <laughs> kids' names because you're absolutely right. They will. They'll Google image and Google search. And they'll find any dirt on any teacher that's ever taught. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. Um, and they'll overcome any obstacle. But all of a sudden, if, if it's school associated, one obstacle, they're done. Right, right. Yeah. But speaking of overcoming obstacles, I don't know. You want to start with the Ravens or Earls this week? Um, well, let's see. One overcame an obstacle. One completely crashed during the obstacle. Well, um, I disagree with that. But, but let's get to the Ravens. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we should start with I. You and I hung out on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, That's connected to I, our Ravens. Yeah. yeah, it's all Ravens. So I decided, kind of last minute. I think I ran the idea past you last week when we were doing the show, mm-hmm. before the show or whatever, that I was looking into flights to fly back to uh, Maryland. Surprise, Dad! Because come on, we do this podcast is, has always been a family thing. Our love of football sports. and baseball. Yeah, sports is tied sports to family. Yeah. Has always been a family thing. So I decided I'd fly home and surprise my dad, give you a heads up, but that I'd surprise dad and show up uh for a for the Ravens game. And it's not bad when now flights you can you can literally show up with coins because there's a coin shortage. You bring <laughs> you bring a bag of coins and they let you on the flight. So that's a good deal. Yeah. Um I got sixty dollars round trip. Yeah. That's what it cost me. Yeah, but the same it was cost before. me to take an Uber to my parents' right. house. Now, you could buy a plane to my parents' house. Now I did have to fly Spirit. Mm. And and they've changed out all their seats to like these metal, uncomfortable seats that I guess are uh anti uh coronavirus seats or something. Yeah. Like they're just metal. They can I wipe think, them down easier, yeah. I don't even think they wipe them down. I think they spray something in. Also uh, okay. it was a little weird when you get in the plane before it takes off. They spray some type of cleaner aerosol for like 15 minutes through the air ducts, mm. but it's like visible. So it's like it's like any movie you've seen where like they're in a gas chamber and like oh you see the particles coming in 
that's that's what, what you're thinking about like. when you saw that? That's that's a little yeah, yeah. I, it's good, I, it's good thing you had your mask. I'll show you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wore the mask the entire time at the airport, entire time on the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh I'll any issues that people taking off their people. mask in the in the flight? Yeah, people are idiots. There were uh, these two there was these two guys uh who could not keep their pants up to cover their butt. So I don't know why we expected them to be able to wear their mask to cover their mouth and face and nose. Does coronavirus spread with uh, on both ends? Is that these pants guys down had, as well? These guys had both ends exposed. Okay. Their pants, their pants were, you know, the whole thing that was trendy like 20 years ago where kids would wear their pants down to like their knees back in my back in, when i was in high school right, man, right. I, I had my pants yeah absolutely you would wear, right if you, you if you could if you didn't see my boxers i wasn't wearing them right 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 or right or you had the basketball shorts under yeah. the under the pants so you could drop if, them to your knees that's what if you could walk had. from one end of the hall and you didn't have to take one hand and hold your pants up you weren't wearing them right that's you a, had to have one hand free to hold right. the pants up as that's, you walked across the hall. That's a, these these two guys were probably 18, 19, 20. Okay, I'm they glad had, it's coming back in. All they, right. They had their they had their uh jeans at their knees, basketball shorts up to their waist. That's what I'm talking about. And and they both had masks on their face covering their chin and nothing else. Nice. Mouth nice. out, nose Not out. People. Yeah. And, and every time the the stewardess would walk past. Is that flight attendant? I don't think you're supposed to say stewardess. Yeah, you can't. Anymore. You can't say stewardess. You can edit, edit that <laughs> out of the other post script. The flight attendant. Every time the flight attendant would walk by, they would tell them to put up their mask, and they'd kind of partially pull it up. And then next time I see the flight attendant walk by, she would tell them to put it up again every single time because these people didn't care. Which because which they were uh, in the state of Florida, which is full of a bunch of idiots. Which which player in the Orioles is most likely to not wear his mask on a flight? Oh, I am gonna go with him. See, tough question because there's a lot to think about, and uh, I am gonna go with Chance Cisco. Mm. Who 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 would you throw out there? Well. I would probably go with Hunter Harvey. Just we see, I see a lot of that hairstyle in my neck of the woods, and I got a lot of no, non-mask wearers in my neck answer. of the woods. Yeah, yeah. The answer is, the answer is Austin Hayes, because Austin Hayes is from Jacksonville, and mm. everyone down here is an idiot walking around without their masks on. Yeah, well, Austin Hayes better wear a mask because if anyone would get coronavirus in all the worlds, it'd be it'd be Austin Hayes. Because everything that could happen, unfortunate, will happen to Austin Hayes. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking about yeah. You, so Josh, you 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 came up for the so Ravens game. Up. I'm sorry, but you sidetracked my, here. To, my, we watched went picked, over Dad's house. Picked, yeah. yeah. Mom picked me up on Saturday. I uh, grabbed some Lido's, which is awesome because we don't have that down here. Or Lido, it's Lido pizza, right? There's no S. So I grabbed Lido. I don't care. And you I, don't uh, cut corners, yeah. Right. So I walked in, and Dad was all teary-eyed and crying that I showed up because oh, it was a sweet. surprise. So that was that's nice. Yeah. And then I then I got to uh, spend Sunday watching the game with you, watching football with you, and uh, having your son and nephew climb all over me the whole time. So yeah, it was fun. They've all now have the coronavirus from Florida. Yeah, that's probably we're, we're uh, no. I went to we went to the Apple Store. Part of my computer issues. And they, before you go in there, by the way, going into the Apple store, 
I'm sorry, we can distract a lot today. But but go but going in the Apple Store, it's like freaking going to an elite club in Washington D.C. I mean, they got like three bouncers there. There's this long line wrapping around the mall of people trying to get in. And then once you get up front, instead of checking your ID, they check your temperature. They you do a temperature check, even for oh, little really? baby Faye and Silas. Everyone got a, a temperature check. But I, got, I just said, hey, guys, I'm just trying to buy a charger. I don't know what everyone else is doing here. And they escorted me from the back of the of the queue all the way up into the store. Oh, special special treatment because you were spending money and not just looking. I know. I felt like you know the it guy at the club. Yeah, you except know? except you just told me your computer's broken, so you got to go back on Sunday. You're yeah, going to be in that charge long didn't line because everyone else there was, I'm sure, ask waiting for support. Yeah, but I'm bringing the two kids back because I think having two kids just by myself helped to get me uh, a better service. It's kind of like uh, yeah. if you go to the club and you bring a hot girl. I just bring two kids and I tell I tell them to cry. Right. I like I like pinch them but so see, they cry real loud. And then they give me better, better service more more quickly. But see, that either works or it completely fails and ruins your day. There's yeah, it could no backfire. It's point. a risk. It's a risk, sure. I'd suggest taking some ice and rubbing some ice all over your forehead beforehand, mm. just so you're ready for that temperature check. I was a little nervous too because before the temperature check, like I was I was just trying to wrangle up my two kids. And I was like sweating, and so trying to wrangle up and get in the stay in line because you was trying to go everywhere. Right. And so I'm like sweating, huffing and puffing. And then the guy wants to take my temperature. I was like, "Oh crap! Be cool, be cool, be cool." I don't, I don't think your body temperature increases that way. I'm you no, think even even I'm a little a bit? You think even a little bit? Not enough to not to fever level. You don't think if if I run around, I run a mile around the mall, and then come, my temperature will be the exact same as if I don't run around? I think it will be no. I think it'll be within one degree of before and after. I don't know. I'm, I'm no doctor. I'm <laughs> clearly either. not a doctor. <laughs> I'm neither. I'm neither. I'm just taking a guess on your weird uh, hypothesis. Yeah. So anyway, where we we watched the game, Josh, your your thoughts on the on the Ravens' total domination win against the Browns? I you I think you should listen to the film study uh, podcast if you want a really nerdy breakdown. Absolutely. Uh, the, the defensive podcast was recorded yesterday, and it's an hour and 45 minutes long talking about how defense played okay, but not great, um, because we did struggle with the pass rush and putting pressure on. And with and, the run game, yeah. and Yeah, and with the run game. And, uh, and I think we saw, we saw a lot of great things. The, we got, it was 38 to 6. Yeah. So it's all good. You can't complain. But at the same time, you always have to keep in the back of your mind that it was the Cleveland Browns. Well, well that's the thing, right? And that's, this is what I don't know how to take it because Cleveland Browns are not a terrible team. They're not like they used to be. I like, don't they're know. a decent team, but you're right. Like, how much of this is. Has yeah. not proven that he's a starting quarterback yet. But there's been times when Baker Mayfield has looked great. Yeah, like last year against the Ravens. Well, yeah, in the, in the end, two years ago at the end of the season, he looked like, like this was a new Browns team. And that's why last year when they brought in Odell Beckham, everyone was like, this is a Super Bowl team. Right. And, and so, but he hasn't been able to play consistently. So it's hard to tell how much of it was Baker Mayfield playing poorly and the and the Browns playing poorly and how much was it, you know, how good the Ravens are. Sure. I I, I agree. But I feel like, Josh, am I, am I take on, is, is on this. If the Ravens have a double-digit lead, you, you can't win. You you can't beat us. because. no. Our style of offense is we'll, we'll run the ball, um, we'll, we'll not turn the ball over, we'll be smart. And then our um, 
our, our defense may be struggling to run, but if you're just pass only, we have the best secondary in football. And so yeah, you're going to have a hard time passing the ball against us. So if you get a double-digit lead, it's over. And that's without Earl Thomas. Yeah. So I want to see that secondary kind of put to the test. But you know how it goes. Whenever the secondary plays good, we always say, oh, well, they weren't really put to the test. Wait till a big good team. But that they still, every game's a test, and they played great yesterday. I think oh, yeah. Story... Hey, hey, but, but Josh, real, real quick on, on, that, on that number, like, Usually, like, and we know this from from fantasy football, where it's sometimes good to have the quarterback of a bad team because when you get blown out, like thirty to six, you become one dimensional. You have to throw yes. throw throw the ball a lot, and you get big numbers. Yeah, well, sure. B- Bigger Mayfield, he threw the ball thirty nine times. That should be big numbers, right? Right. right. But that only added up to one hundred eighty nine yards. So sure. even though they became one dimensional through the ball, they didn't get any of those junk yards. That usually you you get it when in, in a blowout type right. scenario game. So I think that says something about our secondary. I think it says I think what I've learned what this game really stood out to me is the young players and not just Lamar Jackson. No, there was one guy uh, on defense who was an absolute stud. Go ahead, Josh. All right, I, I think. Oh, um, is that not where you're going with it? No, sorry. No, we can go defense. I think there's two guys that were doing. I mean, yeah, Calais Campbell was a stud, and having right. Calais Campbell. At this, join this team is huge. But he's a veteran. He's not the young. But he's guy a veteran, right? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that's. I wasn't thought you were distracting me there. No. I think Bowser finally stepped up in this game, and I think Patrick Queen looked. That's great. the guy I was talking about, Patrick Queen. Yeah. Who's a rookie? Yes, rookie, absolute stud. And when he got in there and punched that ball out of, I believe it was Chubb's hand. Chubb's is a big guy, and he knocked that ball right out. Yeah, he's, he looked like a stud. He was everywhere on the field, led the team in tackles, kind of sack. He, he was a stud. And that's his first game. And then, the, you know my favorite by Patrick Queen, though? What? Did you see him in the post game? No. Wearing a Ray Lewis t-shirt in the post game. Oh, I thought that was – I did see that. I thought that was pregame. I did that, see that. That was – I believe that was postgame because I saw it on Twitter after the okay. game. And he's talking about, like, didn't a nod to, to Ray Lewis yeah. and why he was wearing his Ray Lewis t-shirt. That was cool. Yeah. No, it was a nice Ray Lewis t- t-shirt, too. Yeah. No, totally, totally like, uh, totally excited to see what the future holds for Patrick Queen here in Baltimore. And on the offensive side, same story. Marquise Brown moving to that next level in year two. J.K. Dobbins getting two touchdowns. It's exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting yeah. time to be a Ravens fan. It, it really is because you're right. There's so many young players. Even Mark Andrews and freaking Lamar Jackson's a kid, right? There's so many young players that are going to be around for a while, hopefully. And the the future offensively and defensively is just, it's bright. Like this team, it looks like they're going to be good for a long time. So yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time to be a Ravens fan. Yeah. And um, with all the talk about Lamar, he's growing. Like I've never seen a player grow as much as Lamar has grown as a passing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, we talked about this on Sunday. If you don't think Lamar Jackson is one of the best passing quarterbacks in football, then you haven't watched Raven teams. This is not new, right? And I know, I know everyone says, well, you're going to figure him out. And now the whole thing is playoffs, which I think is fair because he hasn't won a playoff game. That's fair. But at the same time, you cannot say he's not one of the best passing quarterbacks because watch the game. He is one of the best passing quarterbacks in football. He 
passed for 275 yards yesterday. He has a QBR of 94.1. That was first in the NFL for week one with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson all behind him. And, and he did this all last year. He was we did one of the best percentage-wise QB rating, all that stuff, completion percentage. He was one of the best quarterbacks last year. So this, right. is, this should not be surprising to anybody that Lamar but, Jackson is this good. But what do Lamar Jackson haters always say? Oh, year, year two, they'll figure him out. Year three, they'll figure him out. Well, I think now that that's done because you can't say that anymore. Because I don't think you can either. You saw the Browns. How many times have the Browns played Lamar Jackson, right? A whole bunch. So you can't say that anymore. The, lo- now, uh, the, the new thing is playoffs. I think it's fair. He's yeah. not won a playoff game. And that's, uh, yes. that's on Lamar. And I saw someone tweet out today, <laughs> some homer, and like, bless your heart, they said you can't criticize Lamar Jackson for losing playoff games because there's whatever, 50 other some players on the roster. And, like, that might be true, but listen, if we're going to give Lamar Jackson all the praise during the yeah. regular season for being such a stud, then playoffs, if you don't win, I mean, it's, it's on the quarterback, too. He's got to take the majority of the blame. So I get people with the, so defensive about Lamar Jackson. But listen, I'm not concerned at all. You say, oh, until the playoffs, I say, fine. The guy's 23. He's going to be in the playoffs, like, 10 more times. So I'm not that stressed about it. Don't worry. That boy's going to get some playoff wins. So, yeah, enjoy saying no playoff wins for now. Because that's not going to be the, the the case for very much longer. I agree. I agree. I'm all on board with, and it was a fun game, and can't wait for next week against the Texans. Yeah, isn't isn't um, am I wrong on this? That the week after, am I am I looking ahead here? After we beat the Texans, I think it's the Chiefs, isn't it? The Chiefs. That's that's the game where I'm already like bring that game on. Like I'm already pumped about. Well, that's the big test. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the two best teams in football, I think. And I, I don't know if it's that even close. Well, and beyond that, it's the game. It's the team that Lamar has not beaten yet. The, he is, the Chiefs have beaten Lamar, what, twice last year and once the year before, if I remember? Or no, just twice last year. Yeah. I don't remember. But it, it's always Mahomes versus Jackson is the matchup. And, yeah, that's in two weeks. And I think that's Monday night football. That's, that's Monday night. That's Monday night. Like, I'm, I'm ready to start ta- tailgating for two weeks on Monday. Like, I'm ready to tailgate now. Yeah. Like that's going to be – and I guarantee, I don't know what the line will be. That's going to be a three-point football game. I promise you. It's going to be a three-point game. End. It's going to come down to a last possession. That's going to be an awesome game. Um, I, I, I think we'll beat the Texans by, by you know, probably 20. But that Chiefs game is going to be epic. Yeah. And, that's, that's, and, and if you beat the Chiefs, then suddenly it's already this team's already Super Bowl or bust. But you win, you beat the Chiefs, and suddenly it's like, oh, this could really this team really can beat anyone. Oh yeah, we jump to the top in the the power rankings um, <laughs> that we love talking about, and and it's it's a preview also of the AFC Championship game. Um, assuming we can <laughs> beat the Titans this time around, it's a preview of the AFC Championship game. But yeah, I was You're thinking right. about. Like I know RDT, Eric RDT, he's a he's a friend of the show. Like, you know, right? You know, right now ESPN's power rankings that came out today. Oh yeah, where, uh, where are the Ravens on the power rankings? The Ravens are number two. Guess who's number one? Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yep, there it is. Yep, there it is. That's the top two teams in football. Like it's not even a question. I feel like right. This top two teams in football. So yeah, you're right. Big game in two weeks, but got to yeah. get for the Texans. Yeah, and oh. which is a fun game too, because there's the Deshaun Jackson, Lamar Jackson 
I mean, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, respect right. there between those two guys. It was a fun game last year. We destroyed him last year. So <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to another kind of beat down. But, but we'll see. We'll see. They got a, a healthier defense now. Did you watch? I don't think played last time, but um, so we'll see what happens there. No, they are number 19 in the power rankings. So uh, good matchup. What were you saying about RDT? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, because I mentioned the Titans. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, it sucks to be him. Like, you're an Orioles fan. It's like, it's almost as bad, not quite as bad, as the Orioles fans, Redskins fans. Like, if you're going to be a bottom Orioles fan, at least be the Ravens fan, because the Ravens right now are, you know, the hottest team in football. It must suck yeah. to be the Orioles fan and then be a fan of a kind of a bad franchise like the Titans oh, well, or the Redskins. Yeah, exactly. It's it's those it's those Prince George's guys that are Redskin and uh, Oriole fans or Severna Park guys. Those Anne Arundel County people that have, are those two teams, and those are the guys where it's like I understand that you switched over to the Nationals because you had two losers for a really long time. Yeah, and like ton of respect for people who have maintained either a Nationals or Orioles and Redskins allegiance. Because you've had a lot of time to, like, jump off that ship. Right, um, you do it twice, yeah. And but, a lot of excuses for both teams where you could say, oh, I'm yes. leaving the Orioles because of Peter Angelos. I'm leaving the Washington football team because of uh, Dan Snyder. Yes. Lots of excuses. Yeah, so I I, uh, I feel like Redskins fans are a kindred spirit. But if you're not, yeah, especially Orioles Redskins fan. Like, oh man, dude, sorry. Like, How I should, your sports system sucks. Is it the, the Washington football team? I saw Dan Snyder said that might be the final name. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I really do like it. Um, I can't see him keeping that as the final name because if he changes the name one more time, he gets to sell more merchandise. But how hard is it for you to adjust to Washington football team from the Skins, Redskins? Like we were as we were watching the games and had uh, red zone on on Sunday. I kept mentioning, "Oh, look at the skins score. Skins, skins." This. What yeah. do you call the? What do you lovingly call the football team? Yeah, I mean, it ruins the whole hashtag. Right, hail ha- ha- to the Redskins. Right, um, hail to the football team. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, you can't even shorten football team to something that's fun to cheer for, like O's or skins or Nats. Or caps, yeah. I mean, WFT the foots. WFT, you can go w- with that. WFT is harder to say than football team. I know yeah. you keep trying to make that joke, but it's harder to say. You would go with the foots. Well, I think most fans, in practicality, are still going to be like just us talking and seeing people on Facebook or whatever, and talking to people like they're saying Redskins. So I think it's going to be a long time before people. Stop, Stop calling them the Redskins. Stop saying skins. Yeah, or skins. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get, to, let's get to some Orioles. I got to say, right. Josh. Did the Orioles play this weekend? To me, Josh, I want, you to, I, w- I want to get something straight right now. <laughs> what I saw, what I saw was one of the most impressive performances of any Orioles team I've ever seen in my life, okay? What I saw was was the high point of the Brandon Hyde, Michael Elias era, okay? Just imagine this for a second, Josh. You, these young players, head into a weekend series against the Yankees. 
you're what, a game and a half out, a four-game series. This is the biggest series for most of these players, right? I don't know if Hans Alberto has ever played in a bigger series. Um, certainly Cedric Mullins, Hunter Harvey, uh, Dean Kramer, Keegan Aiken. These guys have never played in a bigger series in their life, right? A chance to make the playoffs if you take care of the Yankees. And what do they do? They lay four eggs. They go 0-4, and the offense, which has gotten us this far, the offense is terrible. Josh, and this blows my mind. And then what happened yesterday? After you lose, lose the four biggest games of your young career, you have every reason after that, after you lose four to the Yanks, your playoff hopes are gone. You should be devastated. You should be depressed. Mail it in. The season's done. You lost. All the fans did. All the fans mailed it in. We're done. We lost. And then what happened yesterday, Josh? <laughs> they they came out and won fourteen to one. Right. What? And that's to me that was the most impressive win. I th- one of the most impressive wins I've ever seen a baseball team have. Because they did all that with no motivation. After being swept by the Yankees, they come out right. and then every excuse to not play well. And they focused and they pitched well and they hit well. And defensively, Cedric Mullins is awesome in center field. It was just, I'm pumped about it. It was just such an impressive, like, just, ah, it was, I was just, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. It almost made it the the sweep by the Yankees. It almost made me forget about that whole thing. You're crazy. You're crazy. That sweep was so discouraging and ended, basically ended the season. There's no way they're going to regain three and a half games on the Yankees. Over 15 games. I know. And after so, that, they came back and beat a playoff team, the Braves, 14 to 1. The that's Braves are impressive. not a good team. Okay, that's that's just false. <laughs> the Braves are in the National League. They're winning matters. the NL East, aren't they? Uh, the, all right. The, but yeah, but they've had lots of injuries. Okay. They are 28 and 20. So okay. they, all right, fine. You're right. They've got a better record than the New York Yankees. All right, fine. What's it matter though? Who cares how good that one win is? What because you're like, oh, these young guys are prepped for the future. They're gonna get their butts kicked again on Tuesday night. And what do you want? The one. What's the point of a win fourteen to one if you can't win the two to one, three to two games in Washington, in New York? Josh, Josh, what are you, Josh, what are you talking about? Did at what point, Josh? Did you think that the Baltimore Orioles and their five million dollars sa- sa- salary were is are better than the New York Yankees? Uh, last this, week, when we not, won three or four. Okay, Josh, we got we, we they got Garrett Cole, we got Keegan Aiken. Who who's going to win that matchup ninety nine out of hundred times? And you're right, we we, we got them once, right? But, I hear but you. they're the better team. We we weren't winning the World Series this year. Right? Okay. right, and so and so what and so what do you want to see from a baseball team? You 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 want to see a baseball team that can bounce back, a baseball team that's resilient, a baseball team that's playing for pride, even after they get their bucks kicked. That to me is more important than this series. When ultimately, we're, we we're not a playoff team. We're not a World Series team. We're twenty twenty three World Series. So I thought that was. Uh, just super impressive for a team that's building and learning how to win 
to to get their butts kicked and come back next day they, and take care of the Braves. I thought it was so cool. They got their butts kicked on Friday. Friday they lost ten to one and like six to nothing. That's yeah, the doubleheader. The doubleheader, yeah. Losing by one run on Saturday and two runs on Sunday is not getting their butts kicked. They got their butts kicked on Friday, and then they and then they played Saturday, they played Sunday, and then they finally came back and won a game. There was no response to getting your butt kicked. You got your butt kicked on Friday, and you didn't respond well the next two days in New York, and finally came home and got and got the bats flying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the offense, right? In those two games, uh, Saturday and Sunday, they scored. They scored two runs, right? If, if you, you hold the New York the whole Yankees, series, they scored three runs. Yeah, right. If you hold the New York Yankees to th- two runs and three runs, you should be winning those two games. Yes, exactly. And the fact that you can come back and can put up fourteen against the Braves doesn't matter. It wasn't a bounce back because oh you God. your bounce back would be after you get your butts kicked, not a hard fought game that you can't get hits. So you didn't think getting swept by the Yankees was demoralizing? Oh, it totally was. But the demoral the most demoralizing part was Friday, sixteen to one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Friday was I agree. And then what happened next? They get beat again. Yeah, they get beat again, and you have no reason to still play the season because all your hopes are dashed. And then okay. they still come out and play and put up fourteen. Ah, uh, but that's not a bounce back after you're getting your butts kicked. That's a uh, come home, fly home calm about it change the scenery let's just relax let's just have fun tonight it doesn't matter we ruined it all this weekend just relax nothing to play for that's what that was that wasn't a bounce back hey we're going to turn this game around i want to see this team what you needed to see from this team was stepping up in big situations and that was not last night Josh, the, the 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 first of all, I don't think winning fourteen to one is them showing that they don't care anymore because they're out of the playoffs. All right, I think no. that's showing they're, they're they can remain focused and still play hard, um, even despite the what happened over the no, weekend. It's and, this team can't win with pressure on. You take away all the pressure and they can play. Yeah, yeah, and hey, that's a sign of a young team, right? And by the way, when we start playing in actual playoff contention games and start playing the playoff games. Keegan Aiken's not starting for you. I'll tell you that much. And we're not, and v- v- Velasquez and Valleca are not in your lineup when you're you, playing actual playoff games. You so, on board with Kramer again? Kramer? I, I said starts it, against New York. He's looking I, good. I said it from Jump Street. He's going to be a really good four or five starter for this team. He's not, he's, he's not, he's, he's not my ace. He's looking better than a four or five. He's looking more like a two, three. Yeah, but I tell you what, Josh, be careful. Be careful because you're going to be fooled. Yeah, I mean, I, I, David I, I, Hess and uh, yeah, and, and, and Tom Ashelman and whoever else just name yeah. add the list. Well, well, and uh, by the way, I think Keegan Aiken. Ha- I mean, I think um, Dean Kramer has a lot better stuff than some of those other guys. And those other guys you mentioned aren't even four or five starters. But but remember, why do David Hess sometimes have success at be- beginning on? Is because teams haven't seen him before. Yeah, and at least with David Hess and some of these other guys, you would have a minor league kind of uh performance to go off on but no one has seen dean kramer for you know months right because no one is seeing his tape at Bowie. so the yankees literally i mean they saw him twice so they did see him once and then the second time is impressive that he was able to do it twice but like there's no scout or there's very limited scouting report because your scouting report goes back to last my 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 minor league year is the last time you got any information on dean kramer 
So he does have the advantage of kind of being this unknown. Um, and so I'm curious to see what happens when other teams adjust. But yeah, I'm excited for a rotation next year that includes John Means and uh, Dean Kramer. The other three yeah. I don't care about. But John Means and Dean Kramer, those are two good guys to start your rotation with. And then we just got to find three more. To start your rotation as in plug them in somewhere, not your one and twos. No, like ideally, he, that's your three and four in, right. in my perfect world. Uh, John Means is your three and Dean Kramer is your four. And maybe Dean Kramer will turn out to be better than John Means. But like, listen, Dean Kramer, guys, is not like a top 100 prospect. He's not a guy who, I mean, he was part of the Machado trade, but he wasn't even the biggest chip in the Machado trade. Using how Diaz was. So I think we we have to slow our roll a little bit on Dean Kramer, but he was super impressive. And he's definitely earned a starting role out of the gate for next year. Uh, Keegan Aiken, I think the jury's still out on if he's going to be a starter for us next year out of the gate. Uh, but Dean Kramer, I certainly think, has proven that uh, he should be in there. Yeah, totally. I agree with all. I agree with that. And I, as much as I, I kind of just wanted to argue the other side with you, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fun to argue. Yeah, because it's fun to argue and come at it at different parts. With the, the Orioles have about two weeks left of games, do you think we're going to see any other young guys come up? As we figure this out. Well, I mean, it was exciting to see Austin Hayes come back, right? Like that was, I think that's a big deal just for health reasons. It also was kind of a big deal that Austin Hayes is playing left field and not center field because Cedric Mullins has taken over the center center field spot. I saw Brandon Hyde commenting that uh, Cedric Mullins should have some consideration for the gold glove in center field. He's been that good at center field. Um, So... But as far as other young players, no, I think this is it. Like, I think they're going to play out with what they have. I mean, they had an opportunity right today to bring up a younger pitcher, and they chose to go with Tom Eshelman and not go with a a Michael Bauman or a young pitcher. I don't know. Did they shut down Michael Bauman? I can't remember. But anyway, I think think this is – this is it is what it is at this point. Right. Um, Do you think Mike Elias – did something to sabotage all the bats in New York because he realized he was going to have to bring up uh, Adley Rushman based on his promise if he came back from New York, still in a playoff rush. Playoff yeah. yeah, that was one of my main reasons for wanting to see them, you know, do well as the Yankees, is to see the playoffs, but more to see what would happen with the Adley Rushman storyline yeah, and Michael right, Elias. Right, which we, we thought it was an awesome answer at the beginning, but it sure looked like it, it was coming up to burn them. Yeah, the joke was about to be on Mike Elias. Uh, but but now at 21 and 26, you know what's crazy about this thing, Josh? <laughs> this was, I feel like there's been a lot of games. I feel like there's been a lot of baseball games. Um, but there's only been 47. If this was the regular season, we'd still have 100 and, what, 100, uh, it, wait, 47. It wouldn't be awesome, like 115 yeah. more games yeah. or whatever. We'd be it'd be the beginning of June. Yeah, isn't that crazy how long the baseball season is? Well, and it shows you how hard it is to sustain for an entire season. Like, like we're talking about how the Orioles almost got into playoff contention after forty games. Yeah, like <laughs> if this was the regular season, I don't know if we'd be labeling the season a success, right? Where this year we're all saying, hey. We had a good year. We stayed competitive until Ravens football. 
Yeah. If this was a 162 game season, I don't know if we'd be super pumped to be at 21 and 26. Though, no. at the same way, you could argue, I think our second half could be even better than our first half if this was a full season based on the young players coming up. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If, but you're right. I can see that. It's definitely been more fun with the young players up. I feel like I'm feeling really good about my prediction at the beginning of the season. What was that? I believe it was 25 games, 25 wins. Oh, is that what you said? I'm going to have to go back and check, but I believe it was 25. Yeah, we've already crushed my prediction of 15. Yeah, yours went away a a while ago. Though, that win number 15 took him like two weeks to get, remember? That took a while. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the same. The amazing parts are that it's the same young guys constantly, day in, day out. And they're well, all stepping up. Mount Castle's hitting the ball well still. Um, I mean, last week we were talking about DJ Stewart and how he keeps hitting the long ball. And he continued this week doing the same thing. Yeah, I think if you look at starting September 1st, he's like the best hitter in all of baseball. Even better than uh, Mike Trout in terms of runs graded plus. Yeah, it's, and, and, and this is a guy who in the first part of the season literally couldn't get a hit. He was Ooh. pulling the old Hyunsu Kim and couldn't even get a hit. Um, or the Chris Davis, to take whatever comparison you want. We said, like we literally, we talked about him preseason and said, he's the guy who needs to make a statement this year. He did so poorly, he, we sent him down and said, he's done, he'll never get another shot again. And here he is proving us wrong. Yeah, it's insane, right? There's, it's, I feel like it's been, that's what I'm talking about. I feel like it's, it's been a, a million games, 47 games. <laughs> And DJ Stewart was done off the squad, fired, working at at uh, Acme somewhere, and and now he's one of our best players. It's and ridiculous. same with Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins had the same journey where he was bad in the year. Austin Hayes got hurt, and now all of a sudden he's the center fielder of the future. It was it's been <laughs> an insane season in forty days. Not to mention Chris Davis going to the IL twice. Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you. Back for one game, back to the 10-day IL. Yeah, I'm talking about Austin Hayes. I'm talking about DJ Stewart, Cedric right. Mullins. Josh is finding ways to weasel in Chris Davis into the conversation. I'm, no, I'm just adding Classic to Josh. How weird, how weird this season has been. And, yeah. and it's been 40 games, and we've seen 10 different starting pitchers. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a prediction for number of starting pitchers. It would be like 15 or something. Yeah. I might hit my crazy. Right. i got to go back and listen to what I said. Yeah, we'll go back and check all that because we went into the season kind of like not knowing what it, playing 60 games mean. But you're right. We had like 15 different starters. If it was a full season, it might be 20. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's been it's been crazy. I think when we talked about Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, DJ Stewart, what do the, all those three guys have in common? Uh, they're outfielders, but they're young, yep. and they're outfielders. And we're forgetting about, we're not forgetting, but also there's Anthony Santander, right, who's, who's an outfielder. And then Ryan Mountcastle has been playing the outfield. And then Trey Mancini, right, likes to play the outfield. Uh, and I'm not going to even mention the number one pick, our, our number one pick this past draft, Kerstat, who's also an outfielder. I'm up to judge six outfielders, not including Kerstat, add him in there, seven. I mean, you could argue that using El Diaz, is going to be fighting for the, in the conversation. And Ryan McKenna is on the 40-man and outfielder. Those are nine legitimate, young, exciting, good-hitting outfielders. Yep. Nine. And unfortunately, it's not like softball where we can play four outfielders. You only get three outfielders, and there's nine guys who can play it, Josh. 
All right, well, this is why we need to move Trey Mancini into first base. Right. You saw Ryan Mountcastle playing first today. All right, yeah, or Ryan Mountcastle. That'll get you down to eight. <laughs> yeah. Then you, got a, then you got a DH. That'll right. get you down to seven. All right, still got seven in three spots. Yeah. Then uh, it's going to be interesting. We got to trade some guys. Yeah, you got you got a bench spot. Let's put two outfielders on the bench. All right, now you're down to five. I still don't know who you're putting the bench. You putting Cedric Mullins on the bench? You putting DJ Stewart on the bench? I am putting. Well, I got to put Austin Hayes on the IL for half the year. Hmm. Um, I think. I don't know what this outfield does in the future. It's going to be interesting. Even next year, it's going to be interesting. I think you. I think you'll see us trade in some outfielders. You have to. But Josh, I would agree with you, except no one's proven enough, though. That's what I'm saying. How, I, like, what, like, like, what, 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 what if you trade Austin Hayes because you realize Cedric Mullins is the center of the future, center for the future, and all of a sudden Cedric Mullins goes back to how he was at the beginning of the year or how he was last year? Yeah, I don't think it's Cedric possible. Mullins is proven yet. Um, nope. No, I like the idea of him being the, the uh, center of the future. I do too. Center, whatever you he say. is a lot of fun to watch out there. And yeah. he's button stealing. I like I him love, a lot. I love him on base. I do like him stealing on base. Yep. Um, did TJ Stewart just hit another home run? I'm not. I don't have the game on. Oh, never mind. It was a replay. It was a replay from last night. Okay. All right. I just have the game on in the corner. Caught it out of my corner of my eye as he was up to bat. Um, all right. And TJ Stewart is not proven any. TJ Stewart's season is so weird that you can't count on him for next year either i know but you also can't bench him right you can't have him ride in the pine you can't send him down to norfolk no you no you can't so um, what are you gonna do it's gonna be i mean it's a problem we all got- right and anthony santander is probably the only one who has shown you enough yes he's not going anywhere he's not going anywhere i'll walk i can write has- him in with with pen josh he has the um he is the oldest and he has the highest, not not, that, not kind of Trey Mancini. He's right. the oldest and has the highest, um, probably mm-hmm. highest value for other teams. Could he be the guy you trade? Uh, maybe, I guess. I mean, <laughs> that would be quite the turnaround to get a guy for a, a rule five pick and then trade him. That would be a nice value. If you If you can get a really good pitching prospect, would you do that? Mm, not right now because I don't know. I don't have certainty in the outfield. If I had one other guy who was certain, maybe. Yeah, but that's the thing, Judge Josh. No one's gonna. Other teams feel the same way. No, like no, no one's gonna give you anything for DJ Stewart, even though he had a great. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'll get some for Mountcastle because at least he was a top 100 prospect, but DJ Stewart wasn't even that. And so, I don't know if you were if you were to rank these outfielders. Josh, let's put him out there. DJ Stewart, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, um, Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini. And in that bunch, and Ryan McKenna, I think he's the worst. So we'll just leave him out. And we'll leave Kerstad out because he hasn't even played a game yet. Um, Just those six. Mm -hmm. Who's who's the top? Is Trey Mancini the top? Is Santander the top? Who's the top in that list for you? Last, if we went... If we had this discussion in January or December, I would have said that Trey Mancini makes the most sense to trade. But I feel like now with the cancer, there's like this extra connection. 
And not to mention also you don't trade him in the midst of a comeback. So he's not going anywhere. Yes. So Trey Mancini, as long as he's healthy and as long as he can play, he's not going anywhere. Well, he was in trade rumors even before the cancer. And so, yeah, but at this point, he's not, you're right. He's he's untradeable. You're not trading. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's part of this team. Um, so then you go down the list and, uh, you're right. It'd be Santander is the most proven at the major league level, but, but even that's just no history. No, 30, it's 35 games minors to prove yeah. you're talking about really this season as him being a breakout star Yeah, where he could have made the all-star game this season. If he could have played that way for a whole season. Yeah. Um, he could have been in the MVP discussions if he played right. that season. And, and, I, hurt. Yeah. and I think third is Ryan Mountcastle because of that top 100 prospect foundation, because he's crushing the ball in the minors. He's got that minor league foundation behind him. I think after that, you've got Cedric Mullins and DJ Stewart, who have both shown that they can play well and they can play like crap. So there, are, no one's going to be interested in either of them. I would throw Austin Hayes in there too, especially and with the injury. I forgot Austin Hayes, but yeah, because of injuries, Austin Hayes is in that same DJ Stewart, Cedric Mullins mix that you're not going to get anything because they're a 50-50 coin. Yeah. I mean, here's what you want to do. You want to do what the Padres did this past year where you have much young players, but you also have a good farm system where you can trade from your farm system and good, good players. The problem is, like, DJ Stewart, Cedric Mullins, they're not top prospects. Right. So they're not, and they're not in, I mean, they're not even in the minors anymore. So they don't have high trade value, but they could be great players or they could be average uh, or poor players, but you just don't know at this point because there's not enough of a track record. But the problem they're going to face next year, if everyone stays healthy, there's not enough spots to put all these guys to figure out if they can play or not. Yeah, you're right. And I don't know. I don't know how you handle, you know, that is why we need minor league baseball. If we had a minor league season, you could look at some stats from these guys and start to put something together based well, on double A and double A play. Without that, there's questions going into the season that will be the same questions leaving this season. And isn't it, Josh, going to be really hard to tell Cedric Mullins or to tell DJ Stewart that to go to you North have to go back to Norfolk? Like, I don't think you can do that. You can if they suck in Sarasota in February. In spring training, yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess spring training would be uh, uh, really interesting. But Mike Elias seems like the kind of guy who doesn't make his decisions based off of a small sample size in February, right? Like, yeah, think- but this isn't much bigger of a sample size than February. Yeah, it's true. But it's it's going to be hard to forget. I mean, it's not like DJ Stewart has been like good. He's been the best player in baseball right. offensively. It's going right. to be hard to forget well, that. All right. How much – I believe Dad, our dad is the one who's bringing up this topic recently. How much of it does it help these young guys to come up to the majors without the pressure of fans? Yeah. I think it probably helps. It can't hurt. Yeah. Like, you don't need the momentum of fans when you're at this point. Yeah. When you've got your team – Though, though, again, I thought I would argue that it would help Chris Davis, but it hasn't. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> right, right. Just, like, it, like, it, it, like it might help a little bit, but I mean, at the, at the end of the day, like it's pitchers right. and hitters, and and you, and you got to get the job done. And I don't know. Yeah, like would Dean Kramer be more nervous 
pitching against the Yankees, if the fans, when, if the fans are up and and all clapping on the and it, you know, it's two strikes or and or bases loaded and all the fans are up on their seats in Yankee yeah. Stadium yelling and cheering. Yeah, it probably would be harder. It probably yeah, would be harder. I gotta imagine it is. But the pressure would also be on the hitter, right, to to come through with all the fans standing up. So yeah. you could argue both ways, right? Yeah, no, I agree. But that would be – I think that's a our team – the Orioles as a young team with so many guys who are young like Kramer and uh, Aiken and Stewart and Mountcastle, I think it's got to favor them more. And that might be part of why they had a, a decent season uh, or at least some fun aspects of the season with young guys um, because you don't have that pressure. When, when it's a veteran up there – it doesn't really matter as much to them, the pressure of the fan. They're used to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think when Kramer, Kramer has pitched at the Yankees twice, once in Baltimore, once in New York. Yeah. If that was a normal season, his first start in Baltimore, there'd be excitement. There'd be people going to the game, people cheering, excited to see him. He'd have family in the stadium. Then he goes to Yankee Stadium, and you got the pressure of pitching in New York. And, and the, uh, just the whole feel of Yankee Stadium and all that normalcy. All that normalcy is gone. So all you can really is all you have is the baseball field. So all those other distractions are gone this year. And hopefully that then helps all these young guys so that next season they got the jitters out. And now that that stuff's not going to distract them. They can enjoy pitching in front of fans and not let the fans get under under their skin or not try to throw the ball harder because the fans are jeering. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a fair point. And but this is, and this is what makes this year, Josh, so exciting. And I think it'll continue to next year. Is that from when Michael Elias got here a couple of years ago? Like last year, there was very few players, like Hunter Harvey at the end of the season, Austin Hayes, but there was very few players to be excited about. Young prospects cut, cut, coming up. This year, we've gotten a bunch, right? From your Ryan Mountcastles to your DJ Stewart's um, to to your you know Hunter Harvey back there in the pen to, to to Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer next year that's going to continue so this team is going to become more entertaining even if they don't win like a bunch of games as we see some of these young prospects come up like I'm going to watch Dean Kramer's next start like that's appointment viewing watching Dean Kramer pitch at this point and I think when Ryan Mountcastle's up stop what I'm doing watch Ryan Mountcastle bat. I think that's going to become truer and truer as we get rid of Velasquez and, and Valeka and we get rid of Eshelman and we bring in some of these prospects. It's going to make this team just endlessly more entertaining. So to your point, yes, it makes it easier for the players who already now have some games under their belt. Um, but there's still going to be a bunch of new players next right. year who are going to have that same experience. We always talked about 2021 as the start of the young guys. 2021 is this process where the process – we hit rock bottom, and when we start this process going up, the yeah, fact rock bottom has to hit. Right, the fact that we've got a few guys who already made that call up is going to make next season so much more exciting. Because if you got DJ Stewart, Ryan Mountcastle, um, Keegan Aiken, Dean Kramer coming back as veterans when they're based when they're really still rookies, but they had this season as weird as it is under their belt. And they know the rhythm and uh, flow of playing in Camden Yards and playing with these guys. 
that makes it really exciting as we open up the season with maybe two more rookies on the starting uh starting whatever lineup rotation yeah and if it doesn't happen to start the season it's going to happen in july right and it's going to happen in august and well, july is when like the floodgates start to open yeah i mean we, we could start having the adley rushman conversation but for real um come july I, and august i think you may you're going to have that going into spring training the adley rushman conversation is going to be up again that well you'll be invited to spring training again yeah invited to big league camp and there's going to be a conversation about letting him start the season with the Orioles again. Whether or not they do it, I don't know because I do not understand uh, the growth of of Bowie this year. And I don't understand how big of a step Adley Rushman took this year versus being in the minor leagues. Yeah. For the majors, I don't know. I think something is clear that what they're doing in Bowie is – they're getting better at baseball. Yes. Like that's not just a place where people hang out, right? Like in a waiting room until they're called to the majors. Like they're getting better at baseball there. Um, so I think that's like we, Mike Elias, and I think the organization's run really well at this point. And so I think that's an advantage Orioles this year. That I don't know if other teams have their waiting rooms, whatever their their extra men, the green um, room. their green room being run as well as the Orioles are right. running their kind of taxi squad. Um, so I think advantage Orioles in that. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's definitely like, um, it's why I think when you see a guy like Pedro Severino really struggle this weekend with uh, just controlling the ball and at the, at the plate, letting pass balls and stuff, it opens up that, well, maybe we do just start it with Adley Rushman. Yeah, maybe, maybe we let Severino go. He had a decent year. Maybe we can do something. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because Severino has been really good offensively. Cisco has been good offensively. But, oh, my gosh, they're so bad defensively. Right. And it's an interesting point. When you bring up Kramer and you're going to bring up Bauman and Lothar and maybe this new kid, Kevin Smith, when you start bringing up these young pitchers, you want them throwing to Chance Cisco and Severino who can't frame and let balls just pass them by like is that who you want catching uh for you and so i think like but but that but then like the other argument and here's what i would argue i want adley rutschman catching uh dl hall and grace rodriguez that's that's who i want him catching so yeah put put him at buoy with grace and rodriguez and dl hall and have him catch there for half a year no he's caught them all 2020 in buoy so you want Adley Rushman up into the majors, getting comfortable up here, so that when those guys come up, he's already set and stable. You want Adley Rushman to get all those nerves out, to get the rhythms worked out up here before those guys come. Yeah, to be Josh, I think the the normal rules about getting comfortable, working out the jitters, getting comfortable with the pitchers, I don't think those rules apply to Adley Rushman. I think he is a superhuman type character that I really do that immediately walks in and is super confident and like not like doesn't get nervous. Are you calm, cool. I think Adley Rushman is the man. And so I don't think the normal rules of humans apply to Adley Rushman. You, you threw a party for Matt Weeders coming up. Weeders for Weeders. Absolutely. Right. right. 
You like catchers apparently coming up to the majors. I like, uh, yeah, with the top picks or the top pick catchers. But I do think Adley Rushman was a high-level college catcher. That yes. says a lot. Yeah, and that, the, that'll yeah. make the jump to the majors a lot easier for him. I agree. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think most. I mean, uh, what the? I think most scouts agree Adley Rushman is better than Matt Wieters was, um, and Matt Wieters was a pretty good catch for the Orioles. But all right, Matt Wieters was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, before he came up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Where, where's will Adley Rushman get this? Jesus Christ Savior treatment as well. The, the whole um, um, what was this? it was the Chuck Norris thing. What what was it called? The um, where they had the whole website you could buy Matt T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, Matt Wieters facts. Um, but I mean, he he was uh, Matt Wieters was not a number one overall pick. I think he was like a number five pick or something. Right. Whereas uh, Rushman was a number one overall pick. Uh, but but you're right. The hype for Wieters was real. Um, and the hype for Rutschman's real too. Um, and, and we'll see. Okay. Uh, whatever. It's it's the future of this team is fun. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, whether Rutschman happens in April or he happens in September, uh, I mean, the end result is 2023. Fun to watch. It's all yeah. about that 2023. 2023. World Series. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Hey, uh, on the uh, video stream, what's with the flying bats behind you? Yeah, the Stroka household now is all decked out in Halloween. We are completely I – mean, I got ghosts outside. I got a witch riding out there. My son is, like, really into Halloween. It is September 15th. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. It's, hey, it's, it's fall. Uh, if you went outside of Maryland, it's it like 60 degrees. It is not here. fall. It is summer. September twenty second is the first day of fall. Uh, no closed. People are closing their pools. I, I wore a, I wore a sweatshirt outside today this afternoon. I was wearing a sweatshirt in the afternoon. I was really excited Chilly. to wear a sweatshirt in Maryland. Yeah. This weekend, I was excited. Yeah, about if that. you come this weekend, you'll be able to wear a sweatshirt. All That's right. Sure. Well, come to Florida. Pools are open and it's hundred degrees. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, follow us on all the normal platforms that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Whatever Josh, oh, right. things Josh said, LinkedIn. Yeah, I forgot about our 336er of the week. I tried right. to do it earlier. Let's see who this 336er of the week is. Michael Holloway. So Michael Holloway is our 336er of the week. Remember, you can go to 336er.com and join our Patreon where you can support us for $3.36 a month. You get it because um, we're Section 336. You get that. Right, right. Yeah. If you want to do the three hundred and thirty-six dollars, uh, send me a message and we will work it out. <laughs> you will be the three three sixer for life if you commit to that. But yeah, check that out. Help us out. Your three dollars and thirty-six cents really does help us out a lot. So yeah, and if you don't want to give us money, you can also go to uh, iTunes and for free write us a five-star review, which just helps the show out as well. So we'd appreciate that. Yep, or just share our shows on Twitter on Facebook, and on any of those little platforms that we do not understand because we are old men. Yeah, I mean, we're coming to you live every Monday unless Matt has computer issues, and then on Tuesdays. Yep. Yeah, I believe Charlie uh, Hop will be joining us next Monday night. 
So if you remember, last time we had him was the start of the coronavirus, and we all joked about how this was going to be a weird two weeks of our life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little different now. Yeah, but now uh, months later, uh, it's a little bit different. All right, boys and girls, uh, follow us on iTunes. It's, I mean, I follow us on not iTunes. You can't follow on iTunes on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Taroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. As always, go Oats and go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.